Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, so we're back with an all new episode of SHMG Podcast. I'm your host, Kashawn Milligan, but you can call me Kay. I'm super excited about this episode because I got my sis in the building. Miss Agnes Hagan, you guys need to understand when I tell you she's a sis, she really is my sis. She's a sore of mine. She is a boss. She is the founder and creator of Starter Tank. She's a podcaster. She's an entrepreneur. I'm super excited to have her on because we haven't caught up in a minute. So I know. <laughs> this is going to be a good episode because we're going to get into how we met, what's been happening, the year of this pandemic, all things Starter Tank. We're going to talk about it. So welcome to SHMG's podcast, Miss Agnes Hagen. Hello. Hey, and thank you for having me. Of course, thank you for taking the time, sis. I know you're busy doing things. <laughs> doing lots of things. So for people who they've never heard of you, I met you before, tell them a little bit about, you know, your journey to entrepreneurship. Talk about starter tank. Just give them like a good little glimpse into who you are and what you got going on. Absolutely. So I started actually my first business as a therapist. So my background is in mental health counseling and then life happened, right? So um, at the time, I was actually in Washington, D.C., and I was serving a lot of college students who at the time were very hesitant to do therapy. So a lot of them began asking for coaching. So that is how coaching got added to my mix. And that was back in 2013. And so since then, of course, a lot has happened. Um, Here we are in 2021. Um, And so I have my coaching practice now here in Atlanta, Georgia, and my newest baby has been the starter tank, which we launched in the middle of a pandemic. So, Yes, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Okay, so that's actually, we can just go ahead and start there. I mean, for the catch up, like how has the year of COVID and this whole pandemic um, impacted you personally, professionally? Like what has the year been like for you? Mm-hmm. So it's it has been a roller coaster ride. So we went from starting last year. So we went with starting 2020, kind of hitting the ground running with prepping for a launch party, 
um, because one of the biggest aspects of the starter tank is the mobile app that we offer. So we were having a big launch party. We were having a big event. We were having you and all these guests come in town to really pop this thing off. And in the midst of that, COVID happened. So Mm -hmm. of course, what happens when something like that, you have to pivot. So Mm -hmm. we went from um, being primarily based on events, live events, and having events like pop-up biz bars and different things like that to taking everything virtual, which means we had to shift everything we had planned for last year. Um, so one of the biggest aspects of that was we were planning on focusing on our events and we went back to starting with our coaching programs. So we were very fortunate that we were able to make the shift, but it has not been an easy one. That's for sure. So what have you found to be the most difficult part in pivoting your business structure, um, during the pandemic? Mm -hmm. The biggest part for me was we had been in the pre-launch phase for over a year. So we had an audience that was warmed up for events, you know, Mm -hmm. so that was what our people specifically for the starter tank were expecting and looking forward to. So it took us having to really recreate that and engage with our audience in a different way to say, Hey, we're still offering the same thing, just in a different way. Um, So that for me was a big challenge just with trying to figure out how to navigate that and communicate that in a way that was still aligned with what we had, you know, in mind from the beginning. Right. And then I know, I want to say it may have been maybe like a year and a half, two years ago, we were having a conversation. We were, we were checking in and we were talking about you completely going into being like a full-time entrepreneur because, you know, as fellow entrepreneur, it's that season of, okay, do you leave your full-time, you know, corporate job to really take this on 110% figuring out like, okay, is this going to sustain me? Am I going to have to adjust my lifestyle financially? Um, Is it the right time? Is it the right season? And I know that we had discussed you transitioning over full-time and then figuring out what that flow kind of looked like. And I don't feel like that was so long ago and then literally <laughs> and, then, and then you also just recently got married I mean y'all she's been busy okay it, she's a whole it, business now <laughs> she's somebody like y'all listen so talk about like it seems as though there there was transition upon transition upon transition so like literally you are like been pivoting your process probably for the last two years outside of COVID. So truth be told, like, and that could be a focus area that people start looking at you as like, when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, like you've really kind of like embraced how to pivot and create and produce in the middle of chaos. So I guess my question would be, how has it been being full-time, being a full-time entrepreneur and then right after getting married so being a newlywed okay right and then being a newlywed and then starting your new baby and then in the middle of I don't know who told the virus to try to come up in here and try to do things (laughs) (laughs) who thought that was the way to go so like what has that been like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> and, oh my, and look, 
So help me God. Okay. Okay. Exactly. Really, because, um, and you're right, it was 2019 that I officially said, okay, let's take the full-time leap because the demand is there. You're busy. You got a lot going on. It's too much to manage, right? 2019 was also the year I got married. So I, so I made a, it was a very hard decision, but it was, are you going to jump or not? You know, are you going to take that faith step or are you going to keep like, Oh no, not yet. I'm not ready. And so I took the leap about six to seven months before we got married. Then it was like, okay, I was full-time in my coaching practice. That has been around since 2013. So that had been pretty consistent. So I felt good with that. But it was like, okay, something in me, I feel like God is calling me to do something else, something different. And so that's how the starter chain came along. And so it was like, okay, we're going to run with it in 2020. We had already started the pre-launch, started telling people about it, prepping for it. And it had been years in the making. I just was too scared to really release it, right? Mm -hmm. And so pivoting from being full-time focused on my coaching practice to, okay, I'm stepping into something that's uncomfortable, unfamiliar with creating a mobile app, which, you know, it's like, I'm not a tech person, but if that's the seed he planted in me, we're going to work it out. We're going to figure this thing on out. And so going from that, just that transition alone was hard, you know, because you're stepping into new territory. So it's a challenge. You're always self-conscious and wondering, am I doing this right? Am I not? And then add being a newlywed. And my husband is also an entrepreneur. And then, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you and it, being a supportive wife, you know, supporting his his business, and then really thinking about like, okay, and then there's the off switch of him trying to lean on and support his wife during her transition. So it's just like it's a house of transitions. <laughs> Exactly. It was like, wait, this isn't what we were. This isn't what we had in mind. Mind. (laughs) Right. We didn't think it was going to go down this way, but it did. And so Mm -hmm. it went from really just having to dig deep into, okay, well, why did I decide to do this? What is my why? What is my purpose in all of this? Because if not, Lord knows how many times I was like, you know what? Mm -mm. I quit. And then every time I would say, I quit, I wake up the next morning, I'm doing it again. <laughs> so That's good, though. Mm-hmm. That's really good that when you go back to your why, because I think when there's so much going on, and then you can also make a list of the reasons why not to continue. And all of those reasons could be valid. They could be warranted. They can make total sense. But I think you just have to go back to, well, why did you even start in the first place like what is the the seed and the idea that God had gave you um one of the things that I really really noticed about you in my first meeting with you which I was like I really really like her was that you were very very good just breaking things down practically to make a lot of sense I like people that can talk and explain stuff without a whole bunch of fluff And I remember when we met and I was like in a period of figuring out, I had clients and I was figuring out, okay, faith is such a big part of me and what I do in my relationship with God. And then you sometimes can't help the clients that you attract. 
So I remember like being in a place of really figuring out like, okay, how do I weed out who I'm willing to work with, who I'm not willing to work with? Um, and you were very, like, very practically just giving me, like, some solid nuggets that I remember to this day. Like, you know, at a point, you just have to draw a line. This ain't going to work. Like, if it starts impeding, you know, on your peace, you know, and what you believe in it, you know, obstructs you from doing your job. And that's kind of like when you, mm, I'm probably not the best coach for you. I'm probably not the best person to kind of, like, bring this vision into life. So, I want to talk a little bit about like with the work that you do, again, sometimes you don't know who's going to be attracted to your stuff. You, you know, you can put out there that you're a believer, your faith, but sometimes any and everything can come at you. Have you always kind of like put it at the forefront that you were faith-based, that you were a lover of Jesus type of thing? Do you have those types of conversations when you're dealing in the first initial process of your clients? And how does it flow throughout your business module, if you will? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. And so I will say when I first got started especially being a therapist, you know, there's restrictions, you know, you can't talk about it like, you know, like that, mm -hmm. at least not directly. You can't say, well, God told me to tell you, you know, <laughs> there's a different right. way to, to manage it. And so what I'm, mm -hmm. what I learned in that process is that you can talk about God without having to necessarily um, say it. You don't have to quote Bible scripture to teach it. You know, so it was really a matter of how can I let my inner light shine, let people mm. resonate and touch that without necessarily having to pour it down your throat, you know? Right, right. And I think since it's so much a part of me, it was built into my processes. It was built into the content that I share. It's just deeply embedded in who I am as a person. And it wasn't until I, I got in a better space with, okay, Agnes you know who you are, your audience knows who you are. It's okay if you call it what it really is, you know? Mm. And what I found is that I was attracting people because I was learning to just express my authenticity, you know, and just putting that out there. And when I created that safe space for clients, I found that most of my clients, you know, very much faith-based believers, you know? And a lot of times they're talking about it and they're mm. introducing it. They're saying, well, God, you know, God, I feel like God gave me this idea. And then I can say, okay, you're my people. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the line is like, okay, so we can go there. We can have a real conversation about it. So mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, moments of this process of building and creating and things, like I know for me, there have been times where I've written out my goals, there are things that I prayed for, you know, believing that God was going to release or reveal at that moment. And as I'm building or creating and thinking that I'm going to say yes to a project or to a, to a big contract, God's like, no, halt yourself. Mm -hmm. Stop right there. That's not what I'm about to do with this. And I'm curious if you've ever been in a situation like that. And if you have kind of like, how have you dealt with God saying no 
to something that you really felt like he had put into your heart or that you were really, really passionate about that you felt like was going to be purposeful. Mm. Ooh, that literally, that was the starter tank launch. Mm. That was, that was that moment where it was something that I had been working on, that I had been building, that I had, I mean, is drawn all over the place, every journal you can think of. And it was like, I felt like, God, you planted this in me. I need to push it out. I have to get it out. And it was just last year that it was like a grieving process because you have put so much into it and you're so passionate and excited about it and realize it's not no, it's just not right now. It's not Mm -hmm. that, God doesn't want you to execute on it. He's just saying, this isn't the moment. Keep building. And that having to embrace that idea and just Mm -hmm. be, learn to just, okay, your plan's always better than mine. I would have did it last year. I would have did it this way, that way. And obviously your plan is different. And having, Having to embrace that idea and then say, okay, well, what really is it that you want? Because I think a lot of times when God plants ideas and seeds within us, we get this sense of urgency where we got to get it out now. Like I had the dream yesterday tomorrow, when sometimes he'll plant little bits of seeds where you have ideas to last you a lifetime that he's giving you time to execute on, but he has to build you up. And so I feel like last year was that year for me where I had to say, okay, I know you had this plan, you know, your plan. Oh, you got married. Everything's new. Everything's new. I want you to, and for me, it was like this fresh new start in how I wanted to execute things. And he said, "Uh uh-uh, I never told you to stop your coaching practice like that. So that's what I went back to. And it's thriving. So Mm -hmm. it's just learning to just navigate and accept it. And I think just, I think the biggest part for me was learning to just, if you want to be sad, you could be sad. If you want to be mad about it, you could be mad about it. Mm -hmm. So just giving giving yourself the the space to grieve and move on. Yeah, that's really good. That's nugget. That's keys right there. I know for your your business in the coaching aspect of what you do, you do come across a lot of, you know, women that are looking to build up their brands, to strategize their business ideas. And with you doing your own pivoting, what type of marketing tips do you have for women that are really looking to still stay relevant, still stay current and relatable and authentic to their brand that they have been figuring out? Mm-hmm. I think that allowing yourself to show pieces of your story while you're in the pivot is, mm-hmm. will help you attract the right people. Because I think a lot of times, like if you say, I'm a career coach, you think that all you can share is all the knowledge you have about um, resumes and different things like that, but you never share how you changed careers, you know? Mm-hmm. And and that's the part that people want to see. That's the part that people will say, yeah, that's why I want you as a coach. Not only do you have the knowledge, but you have the real life experience. And so I think when you're focusing on building your brand, the story is what resonates. Yes, people want the tips, the knowledge, because all that matters. People want to, they want to see your receipts. They want your resume, but they want to see you. 
And so what I found is being able to share that, because I've been pretty transparent with how things have just changed drastically over the past two years. And because of that, a lot of my audience are saying, you know what, COVID hit me. You know, I just launched my business. How am I going to pivot? And so being able to really relate to somebody in a way that's, that feels authentic is how you'll attract your tribe. Um, and, and that's across the board, even from how, how you like to do your hair, what makeup you like, different things like that, what you like to eat every day. Just sharing yeah. your, your truth is yeah. what will attract the right people. Do you ever um, feel like it's really hard to have a public platform that you are a little bit hesitant on how much you share, what you show, um, you're, I, I think that you're actually pretty private. You're very strategic in how you kind of like share things about your husband and your family. I think that you can de- definitely tell that you keep that, that, that level of, you know, protection around, you know, your people, Absolutely. Uh, which I think that that's a whole word right there for people that you have to <laughs> put a hedge of protection, Lord, Absolutely. You know, <laughs> around what matters right but do you ever kind of be like oh it's just so hard to maintain just having every single day publicized on a public platform like that yes um short answer is yes um what i what i did and i am very protective over kind of like my close-knit people because just because i like to share things or because i have a public platform doesn't mean they want it, you know? And so, um, that was one part. Um, the other part is I have this rule where I say, if it's not something that, um, I either haven't healed from that's still a little raw for me, or I don't want to answer a billion questions about, because if you share it, you're giving people permission to question, you know, to ask you questions about it. Um, if it, if it fits within those two, I'm not sharing it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and, uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and so those are kind of okay. like my rules. Okay. I love that. Okay. So share your rules one more time. The two rules that you have. So mm-hmm. just in case if people weren't listening, do it one more time so that they know. So if it's something that I haven't healed from, um, so that's something good. that's still a little emotionally raw for me, I won't share it. Or... Um, the other one is if it's not something that I am comfortable going into deep details about. So I don't want a lot of questions about. So if I, I'm not going to share something that I know that somebody's going to respond in my DM and say, oh, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or who about this? If I don't want it on a public platform in that way, and a lot of times it's because I'm not okay with it yet, then I'm not sharing it. That's so good. I think that 
that's wisdom, one, because I think that, and that also lets you know, like, where you are as far as your standard of what you're willing to share, because sometimes I think that that's the thing that people haven't identified what their standard is with social media. Some people just feel like just utilize it as much as you can, no matter what, no matter the cost. But I definitely think that I love hearing the perspective of is that you should still have a standard even when it comes to what you share on social media. So I think just having like some type of rule of thumb um, or do's and don'ts is really, really good. So I love that. I love um, just those two rules. I want to kind of like dig a little bit deeper in the first rule that you gave because there was something that I think that could be definitely a learning experience for people or just something that could potentially provide some healing is you said, if it's not something that you feel like you've healed from, then you're not going to share it publicly on your platform. Um, Do you do that because you want to be sensitive to the season that you're in, allowing God to kind of like work on you privately? Um, Is it because like, okay, you may post it in that, that season of not being healed and then you have to go back and you know, take it down or renege a couple of months later because it's kind of like, oh, I really didn't mean that. I was just in a very, I was in a dark place, y'all. Give me grace. Give me grace. Um, I didn't mean it, but I meant it then. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious to that aspect of why you made that conscious decision because I think that can help some people too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made that decision because I, I have learned that when you haven't healed from something, you're emotionally raw, which means sometimes you're not functioning from a place of knowledge or wisdom. You're kind of being reactive. So for instance, let's say hypothetically speaking, me and my husband have had an argument Mm -hmm. and I'm upset. I'm not going to go on any of my platforms and say, I'm so sick of him, blah, 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 blah. Because two minutes later, like you said, Mm-hmm. I'm married. We're going to work it out. Right. We're going to make it out and talk about it. Everything's good. We're looking at all wedding pictures and people are commenting now on the post. Right. And I think that I also feel like a different sense of responsibility having a platform where it's easy to influence people to respond to different things. And then to turn, let's say I do something like that and somebody else is going through a situation that's similar, but then they automatically say, I'm getting a divorce. Mm. You know, you can, without really knowing, you can influence people by sharing those raw emotions and they're not coming from a healed space. So how is that helpful to somebody? That's good. That's really, really good. And when I hear that, it really just makes me think, and this is why I love people like you having the platform and the reach that you have, because I think that you're very mindful of the influence that you have and could potentially have on people's decisions, on their lives. And sometimes I don't really know if for people that utilize social media to grow their business or they, their brand to where sometimes they're not even thinking that way. They do things like, what do they call it? Clickbait. So mm-hmm. they're not looking at themselves as like, oh, I'm influencing probably like an area that cannot be healed versus like, I'm just trying to help my, my, um, 
contactless grow. I'm just trying to get more traffic to my website. So it's kind of like, I love the fact that you're very, very aware and very authentic. And again, with boundary and standard, you're not willing to cross and still are able to still have a successful business that does well. Um, so I think that you're a great representation of it doesn't have to look crazy, you know, be, um, you know, just cat catty or, you know, drama filled, mm-hmm. you know, shady. I don't think I've ever really seen right. shade anybody on your platform. I love when you give this tip and I forget there was one you did one day and I was like, child, say it for people all across the nation. It was, it was something along the lines of, I don't know if it was like people not wanting to pay and the response you have to have or something like um, people questioning prices. It was something along the lines where you very smoothly, let me tell you, sis, it was that joint, that joint is like butter. Okay, she just spread it on her bread, y'all. <laughs> spread that joint on. But you very, very smoothly kind of like, hey, you know, as a tip, you know, as a business owner or as someone seeking services, things that we may not want to do. And then you list your bullet points. And, you know, thank you and salutations. And, <laughs> you know, I was received. It was received. And in that moment, you very, very gracefully kind of like let people know, again, there's a standard. There's a standard with services. There's a standard with my time. There's a standard with business. I have one. You should have one, too. Um, and you kind of like put that out there. And I was like, right. geez. She's smooth. Like, that was... <laughs> Thank you, sis. That was, that was butter. That was butter. Um, okay, so for people that don't know, uh, Fire Tank and you're currently based in Atlanta. So I haven't really checked in with anybody of what's going on in Atlanta right now. Like, how is the situation um, with quarantine shutdown? Are things pretty much back open as usual? Or what's the situation out there Atlanta, right now? I feel like Atlanta closed for, like, two months and then it was normal so really? you you wouldn't know that atlanta is closed or like we're in a pandemic you got brunch lines you got i mean it's normal it's, atlanta is very very normal you would not know that it's a pandemic right now literally really? are people still hosting events and get togethers and like do no. Yes, they are. People are still hosting events. Of course, they're smaller. Um, so nothing grand. So none of the big conferences or anything like that. But the smaller like brunch type events and things, that's all still happening. Um, and it, it definitely started toward the latter part of last year. Wow. I know I moved to Texas right before the pandemic hit and I literally feel like I've been in quarantine the entire year, but based on like what I'm hearing from my friends out in Los Angeles, it's just not the same. Like, it's not like, that's not the place to be. Like it's Mm -hmm. not popping at all. Things are pretty much shut down. Like, 
restaurants, like business is not as usual. Events are not happening. So a lot of things, the reasons why people move there to connect and to network and to attend, like people are really struggling. Like a lot of my friends that are entrepreneurs or in that field have really been struggling with, okay, what do we do? And I was like, you need to look at Atlanta and Texas and get up on this real estate. And why are we out there paying that rent when nobody working? Like there's, Hollywood is at a is at a pause right now. Right. So you have to be very intentional and smart about how you choose to do business and market yourself moving forward. Um, do you think that we'll ever get back to like what people consider normal? Or do you think that this is like our new normal and we need mm. to find a way to finesse it? Mm, I'm I, I'm nervous, honestly, because I think this is the new norm, even though, yes, the vaccine is rolling out. and But I think we we really won't even out until maybe, maybe next year, you know? Yeah. So I think that this is just the time that if you're going to pivot, if you want to stay in entrepreneurship, find your pivot and roll it out. And then if Lord blesses us and says, Hey, you guys can go back to a little bit of normalcy. Then you already know that play, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So one question I have for you. Um, so the acronym for SHMG, if this is your first time listening, stands for Save, Kill, Made, and Grace. I did my own pivot from, so help me God to really identifying what I wanted the podcast to be. So when I have people on the platform, I usually ask them to share um, a story of the moment they remember when they became saved or a time they feel like God really healed them from something or a moment in which you just really remembering feeling God's grace over your life, like Mm -hmm. an experience. So either the time you were saved um, a, an experience or a time where God healed you from something or a time where you just remember feeling God's grace over your life? Mm. Oh, these are good. Um, mm-hmm. let's see. Um, I got saved, officially saved. I think I was 15. I love to officially say because yeah. it could be, be the unofficial like you were in the church, but I don't know if you were really out here. Exactly. Jesus, as your Lord and Savior. Okay. When I, when I was woke enough to know. <laughs> okay. When I was woke enough to know, this was the only way. Okay. So you were 15. Were you was, at church at the time? No. Okay. No. Oh, no. So, okay. So what happened, so when I was 15, 15, my parents divorced. Okay. So at that time, we were basically going through the whole separation process where one wow. parent was in Georgia, the other was in Maryland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I moved to Maryland with my mom for a little while and begged and pleaded to go back to Georgia because that's where I had been. Oh. And she said, okay, I'll let you go. I'll let you go with your dad. And I remember I went back to my dad and just felt at 15, it felt like life was over. You know, like this is all I know. 
my parents are separated, my brother is gone, like nothing is normal in life. And I, what I used to do was I was a TBN fanatic. So I was watching, okay. I was watching all of the shows, the Creflo <laughs> Dollars. <laughs> I was watching T.D. Jakes, Potter's Yeah, yeah. All, all of it. All How people. did you get on TBN at that age? Like, who was it? A grandma, an auntie? Like, who even got you in on TBN? So you will laugh, y'all. Like, I had a boyfriend at the time. Nah, he did not get you in on TBN. Yes. Really? Yes. Well, yes. Thank you for doing what you were called to do in that moment <laughs> of your life. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for that connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got you on TV. Okay. So, so you were locked I, in on that. Okay. I was watching it, and I remember I was watching. I want to say it was TDJ's one episode, and you know, at the end, after a sermon, every time they ask the same question. Right, you right. said, you know, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I'm like, boo-hoo crying. No. In my bedroom. And I remember my dad comes to the room and he's like, what is wrong with you? And not knowing that I was just having an experience. It yeah. felt like I was just, at that moment, I remember just feeling covered. You know, like, mm. like here's your covering. I know you're hurting. But here you come on home, baby. Come on home. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> come on. Sometimes I tell people, and I, um, like, I laugh at myself because when I go to church, and sometimes, like, when praise and worship is happening, one of the things that I'll say when I'm sitting there is, like, Lord, just hug me. Like, like I just, and it, it's really like me asking, I just want to feel you in that moment. I want to feel that warm embrace. Like, I just want to know that you're here and that you're with me. Like, something really slight, but so major. So, when I hear that story, that's when I think, like, it was like you were having a full-on encounter, and he just literally was letting you know, like, I'm in the midst. I got right. you. We're in this together. I love that. Did you, okay, so so now that I know that you were playing the TBN, did you have a <laughs> Did you have a go-to scripture back then? And if not, do you have a go-to scripture now? Um, so one that I, I always have known forever is Psalm 23. And that's because it was my grandmother's favorite. And then okay. that was the one that she made my aunts and my mom recite. So it was just one of those that was passed uh, down. Oh, so okay. it's Okay. So, all right. So I'm guessing you came from a believing family line. Like this Mm -hmm. wasn't like that you were the oddball out of the family. Like, no, no. I I was the oddball in the sense that I was raised Catholic. So they, so it, so it's, so it's a very different experience. Mm -hmm. So I was raised Catholic and then here I am and I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. I just love Jesus. <laughs> I love the Lord. <laughs> and here praising and worship and singing and yelling. And they're like, What's happening? Ma'am. ma'am I remember one day <laughs> yelling at TBN TV. And I remember my dad one day was like, You're like a Jesus fanatic now. And I was like 16. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. 
Because it's the only thing keeping me sane. (laughs) That's so funny because all of my, my, I'm from Maryland too, for people that don't know, me and Agnes have so much in common. Like literally I was born and raised from Baltimore. My mom is from Baltimore. My dad is from DC and they met at a club in Silver Spring. So, which is a whole situation in itself, y'all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole situation in itself. And you're from Maryland, and I just want to say that my parents met at Silver Shadows, okay, in Silver Spring. Like, and if you know, then you know. And if you don't, no worries. But my dad's side of the family was Catholic. My mom was, they were Church of Christ. So when they met, neither one of them wanted to way on how like where they were going to get married so they got married in a baptist church long story short when i was raised they didn't raise me with any type of faith anything i think the most i got was grace okay but my parents divorced when i was five but they separated when i was four so i don't really remember them ever really being together i only remember like okay weekends at my dad's holidays with this side of the family, then holidays with that side of the family, then that's all I ever remember. So it wasn't until my godparents were actually pastors and they were Pentecostal. So I went to church with my godparents one day and I'm sitting there and then I guess it's toward the end of the service and people start breaking out in tongues. They are running around the church and I'm like, Where's the exit? What is happening here? (laughs) I was like, what is this with these people? So it was so funny, but long story short, like I literally started going to church with my godparents for like two years straight, got saved, got baptized, and I've been Pentecostal ever since, which is so funny because my dad's side of the family is still Catholic and my mom's side of the family is very Church of Christ. Okay, so I'm like the only Pentecost in the family. And they're just like, what is happening? Like T.D. Jakes, they're like, what? What are you saying? T.D. Jakes, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, you better get to it. You better get to it. Mm-hmm. So it's just so funny, like the stories of how you're raised and now like being grown and how you do things. But um what do we have going on now like that's probably my last question like what do people should they be looking forward and towards from you um this year what do you have working what are you doing like where can they find you like let us know all the stuff Mm -hmm. so it's so funny we've been talking a lot about pivoting Mm -hmm. um so one of the things that we did is really tweaked my coaching program. And so I created a program called Pivot to Prosper. And with the, with the idea of really helping people navigate all these things, you know, whether it's changing your career to start your business or whether that's I started my business and life happened, that's what the coaching program is all about. And so that's actually um, starting in February. So I'm really, really excited about that. Um, okay. And that is pretty much what I'll be focusing on all year. Um, and just um, this year, I gave myself permission to just let God do what God want to do and stop trying to press mm-hmm. what I want. Um, yeah. And so 
that is that is the baby that we're tweaking and we're getting ready to release. And if you want to find me on social media, you can find me at Agnes Pagan on all platforms. And you can follow us at The Starter Tank on all platforms as well. And what's the website for if they want to go to your website to look up the, the Pivot Prosper? Mm-hmm. You could go to pivottoprosper.co. Awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, sis, for joining us. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for just being you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of FHMG Podcast. Remember, this is a place and a platform that you're reminded that you are safe, sealed, made, and graced by God. Thank you. Can't wait for you to tune in next week. Until next time, be blessed.